Hey folks, it's Mark here from The Two Stewards Show, and in this episode, we talk about short-term rental regulations, and specifically in the Hamilton area. And uh, we talk about what they are, when they're coming into force, and some strategies for dealing uh, with these regulations. Welcome back, everyone, to The Two Stewards Show. My name is Brent Vanderwood, and I'm here with Mark Crickey. Hi. Hi, Mark. Um, today we are talking about something quite timely. Um, we had a whole bunch of other topics we wanted to discuss, but we just said, Hey, you know what? Hamilton, the city that we live in is poised to license Airbnb style rentals starting in June. And it is June. Yeah. So, um, it's actually getting to the end of June. So, uh, (laughs) we wanted to pick a guy's brain who knows a little bit more about, uh, the specifics of these new regulations and can give us a little bit of information and who better to talk to than Mark Cricky. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so very timely, Mark. Uh, thanks for being willing to share some of your expertise on this topic. <laughs> it's like we thanks, have Brent. Guest. It's like we have a guest on today. L- Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you even listen? I don't know. I listen to a couple. I listen. Of, yeah, yeah. They're pretty good, eh? Sure, the soothing sound of your voice <laughs> when I need to get to sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, Airbnb regulations. Okay, so why are they putting in regulations? That's my question. Like, wasn't it good before? And now that, like, does the government need to get involved in everything that we do? Or is there is there actually reason that we have new regulations coming in? Like, give us some perspective behind what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, does the government need an ex- a reason to get involved in everything? That is the nature of government, right? Okay. Is to, well, I mean, on a more philosophical level, so you just getting, see that, yeah. how government encroaches more and more on life in general. And that's just the nature of government to, um, yeah, to want deep, to end bureaucracy. Right yeah, exactly. Why not? <laughs> Um, but yeah, it is the nature of government and bureaucracy to want to increase its purview, its domain, until it uh, just stifles everything. But yeah, that's maybe a little deeper than we need to go here. Yeah, so. I think everybody here is already thoroughly stifled and fully <laughs> encroached upon. Exactly. So yeah, so there's a there's a couple of reasons, and you know, there's some are a little bit more surface than others. So one. Uh, that's commonly cited would be party houses. Okay. All these complaints they get from these party houses that, you know, people are renting out on the weekends and it's lots of noise and and all kinds of stuff, right? So, um, yeah, that has happened. And it's... And those are basically only identified, like people are identifying a party house just by the fact that someone calls the bylaw officer and says, hey, I heard yeah. this big party going on. It's not like the city's sending out people. No, no. Looking around on the, in the evenings. No, no, okay. it's the, uh, <laughs> no, I want to get that job. They're Your not. job is to find the parties. <laughs> it used to be my job. When I was in my teens, um, <laughs> not so much anymore. No, but we so we want to give the government any good ideas for more programs. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> edit that out. Yeah. No, so so what happened? Like that that has been an issue in a few isolated incidents, and it's typically what it is: a few isolated incidents. 
um, especially as Airbnb or short-term rentals as that market has matured, people realize like there's no, there's no value in having a quote unquote party house. Yeah. Cause what happens is your house gets trashed. Yeah. Right. And unless you're charging a huge amount, now there's a place I think in Burlington, it was like this mansion on the lake where they would charge like, you know, rid- ridiculous amount knowing full well that people were going to host parties and yeah. they're just like, whatever. Whatever gets wrecked. That was their business model. Yeah. They priced in replacing all the furniture uh, after every party. (laughs) Possibly, yeah. (laughs) I don't know all the specifics, but like, yeah, clearly they knew full well what was going on. Right. Right. But that's not a sustainable. In that that case, like, are they. Um, They must have this a while ago. So that's the frustration with those things because what, like, what do they have in place? Right. You can send down bylaw and, and even cops to shut down a noisy party, yeah, right? Yeah. But that's always reactive, right? right? There's Like you said, there's not somebody driving around like, oh, party, like, boom, let's, yeah. let's nip it in the bud, right? So then, the you know, and if there's a noisy party, it's not like the cops are going to walk in and like, everybody out, <laughs> shut it down, right? They'll try to find out like who, who's, responsible. who's responsible and guys, yeah. can you turn it down a bit and that, like by the time the whole process goes through, the party's over. Yeah, and, Mark's right? gone home. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taking my Ferrari and uh, gotten out of there. But like, it's a process, right? And then when it happens every single weekend, yeah, like everybody's just sick of dealing with it, right? And there's no real regulations in place to prevent it. to prevent someone from doing this week after week. Right. So, right? They can they can shut down the party week after week. But there's nothing to say like you can't ever do that again here. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so that was one example. And there's, you know, maybe one or two in Hamilton as well. But the problem is they get a lot of press. And if you have like a couple neighbors that are dealing with this one thing consistently, yeah. they're, probably they're going to make a lot of noise. Right. And I talked to one of the counselors and he was all about, oh, it's party house. I'm like, okay. You got Dom, two phone that's calls. Like, <laughs> Well, maybe he got, well, he may have gotten them like every weekend. Right. I don't know. Because yeah, yeah. somebody was sick of dealing with it, right? So now out of the. wasn't me. I didn't call. <laughs> <laughs> you know, out of the, what do we have? Around 1,300-ish. Yeah. Probably a little bit less. 1,100 Airbnbs in Hamilton. Um, there's if there's one, one or, or two. two that are hosting parties all the time and causing problems. It's, yeah, like, is it really a problem? It's a problem for the neighbors that are there. So, yeah, yeah, figure something out, I guess, right? So so that's one reason that is frequently touted. But, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really not really an issue. The, yeah. the one that is more free, um, also mentioned is housing affordability, right? You right. don't have to go very far to find an article on housing unaffordability i guess right (laughs) and we've talked about this um quite a bit in previous episodes yeah and like what is the cause of that so we look at you know our money system population growth population growth all that stuff right so in general supply being really tight yeah in general our money system our economic system is what's creating housing unaffordability and then you add on top of that um in the gta population growth like we've had and yeah. and then just in the last two years massive population growth happening like yeah it's it's a perfect storm right yeah just driving in up this real specific estate prices. area yeah yeah like having all this density and then having um 
you know, cities, cities left going, oh, shoot, we got to build houses. We got to find places to put all these people. What are we going to do? Uh, yeah, and when you look at, like, you get the Minister of Housing doing an announcement, like, we're investing a billion dollars to build 37 units or something, right? Yeah. And you're like... First of all, where did you get that billion <laughs> billion dollars? And where are you going to find the people to build all these houses? <laughs> yeah, no, and like, the, yeah, d- does it actually get built? And like yeah. some, they're always delayed <laughs> and, and not on time and so forth. But they'll make a big announcement about building a few dozen units. Yeah. It's like, we need hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Right? And like, so the government clearly can't solve that, but they're, you know, they're just kind of stumbling around. Yeah. Like, and it's symptomatic of, of the issue that we're looking at here as well, is that they're just, they're making announcements and in the, in the hopes that, well, maybe they'll do something, but yeah, you build 40 units. Great. Yeah. At like twice the cost of what it would cost a, a private developer. Um, yeah. You're not doing anything, right? Yeah. The the problem is our system. I guess what the you're way everything is, is buying, set up. buying votes, right? Or you're you're showing to people that you care, but or yeah. saying that you care. <laughs> yeah, it's um I can't forget the word, but like you're make you're making a big show out of very like you're virtue signaling. Yeah. More or less, yeah. right? Like, oh I really care about this, but you know, we're going to run uh, massive deficits every year and pump all that money into the economy. Yeah. Knowing full well it in inflates asset prices yeah like you're not helping so how does guys. that tie into airbnb regulations because like housing affordability so you said um like obviously we have a big crisis yeah and we just in the last minute wrote an article about housing unaffordable. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the problem with airbnb then well so this is the reason that um city councils will use and certainly what hamilton city council has used um and yeah i just because so they're saying basically, what's their argument? Like uh, Airbnb people, like people are buying up houses and using them as Airbnbs and they could be housing units for families. Yeah, exactly. So I, I was just trying to pick my words because nitwits is what came to mind. But <laughs> that's probably not the, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> the word not I should great, be using. But greatest word. Um, just like people are not super well informed and... Um, <laughs> have an agenda right so again i've said it before like this is low-hanging fruit right if yeah. you have a, a housing crisis and it's not necessarily up to city councils to solve the housing crisis because they haven't they don't print yeah. money they don't um, bring in a million immigrants every year they're kind of reactive they're reactive yeah. right but they want they need to look like they're doing something yeah and so banning airbnbs or banning short-term rentals or Sounds. regulating them is like that's hey look we're doing something right yeah when really you're not you're not doing anything guys it's like not, it's not moving the needle for the problems no it's not going to move the needle and it's also just going to be ineffective yeah we've seen that for toronto where they they introduced pretty restrictive legislation and that's um, going back a couple years yeah that's a few years ago now and when you look at you know 2017 versus now it's almost the same number of units there was a dip yeah. And that regulation came in and now it's right back up. So that tells me one thing, uh, like first off, your legislation is ineffective. Yeah. Right. Whatever you said and however you're policing it, it's just, it's not working because you're, the goal was to reduce the amount of short-term rentals in the city. Yeah. So that there would be more long-term housing stock available. Yeah. So if some right? guy's got a condo in Toronto downtown and he can Airbnb it beside like the Blue Jays stadium for, yeah. 
you know, way more than he could get as a long-term rental. He's going to do that all day long. Yeah. But yeah, so they're trying to tackle those people, get them out of there so that it could be a long-term rental. Uh, wow. Yeah. And there's, so specifically to that point, there's a few towers like ice condos downtown that are just, they're still all Airbnb. So is there no, um, is there no policing of it? Like, you know, do all the police own Airbnbs? (laughs) (laughs) We're in Canada, so I don't know how corrupt, uh, how bad this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But you know, the, the point is it's not been, it's not been effective. Um, so the rules yeah. in Toronto are, are, it has to be your principal residence that you're renting out or a portion thereof. Okay. And it can only be for 180 nights per year. Right. So total as a short, as, as a short term rental. So that'd be 28 days or less. And, uh, so a lot of people abide by that. Um, and then lots of people don't because there's not, you can't tell me that the difference, you know, from 2017 to now, um, has been made up by people just renting rooms or in their primary units residence. in their primary residence. Like there's, okay. like there's no chance. So is so, this the same regulation that Hamilton's proposing? Um, we'll get into exactly kind of what they're breaking, like what they are proposing, but is that the same sort of thing as Toronto or is uh, it was similar and it got watered down. Okay. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Uh, good for, for Airbnb owners, I guess. I guess you know, like it wasn't, it's still not, uh, not great, I think. But, um, anyways, getting back to your, your, your question, like, why do they do it? So it's, you know, part of it is pressure from constituents calling them. Yeah. Right. But I mean, there's the very simple ways to, to get rid of the party houses without doing this. Um, and then part of it is either trying to look good, right. By like, yeah, let's pass this because, you know, th- we have an issue, um, or so th- there's also tie-ins to provincial funding, which I'll get to in a minute, but, um, some people genuine, well, it was stated actually Hamilton city council, cause we went and lobbied with a number of Airbnb, um, yeah. uh, enthusiasts, I guess we call ourselves <laughs> junkies. <laughs> yeah. You, you're, um, you're a junkie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't get enough, man. Uh, no, it was stated by one counselor that they would just like to get rid of all, uh, short-term rentals in the city period. Like, just wipe them out, get rid of really? them. Well, and this is coming from a very, um, like, a very leftist, I guess the easiest way to describe it, perspective, right? Where, like, people are making money, we don't really like that. People are making money from housing, we don't really like that. I get the feeling that if they could also stop people making money from long-term rentals, they would do that as well, right? With very strict uh, regulations. So, that's not the majority of city council, but there, there yeah. there's a few. <clears throat> And um, anyways, that, that's it. So the other thing is that there's pressure from the provincial government to increase housing affordability. Okay. And, you know, so this or and just, yeah, do something about housing. Right. The Ford government has been working on this very hard to and they've gotten so much criticism from, you know, like, oh, you're just feeding your greedy developer buddies. Like there's probably six big developers in Ontario. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right, like there's lots of little, little ones, yeah. but in terms of the bigger ones, it, there's not many. So yeah, there's a clearly defined group of people who might benefit, but they're also the ones building the housing. We need more housing. So yeah. the Ford government's trying to do whatever they can to increase housing, and then there's some funding and stuff that will happen 
for municipalities, right? From the, from the provincial government. So if, and this was mentioned as well, like we got a mandate from the provincial government to build more housing and Airbnb isn't helping with this. So let's, let's yeah. access it, right? So there's a few different kind of angles that people they're are kind of uh, between a rock from. and a hard place. Like their, their superiors, like the province is saying, you got to do this target. You got to do this. And then the, the constituents and the people living in the city, the neighbors are saying, well, we don't like this. And they're, well, we got to change something. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, we, we lobbied the city. Uh, there's lots of letters written. Um, you know, I spoke at council. A number of people did. And there's a lot of alternatives that could have worked. And uh, so, like, some of them, I'll just go through it quickly, I guess, right? Um, so, first, like, look at the numbers. I figured out the number of short-term rentals in Hamilton. And again, depend, you know, the, the highest number you would see is about 1,400. That doesn't take into account double listings where somebody might list, they might have three rooms in their house and they list all three rooms on Airbnb plus the whole house. Right. So that's four listings, but it's actually only one property. Right. Right. So if you take those away and there's a number of those, yeah. you're probably closer to like 1,000 or 1,100. Okay. Or so, and that worked out to less than one percent of the available housing stock in Hamilton. So, like, what are you doing, guys? And it's how many not... of those eleven hundred or fourteen hundred are like actual full-time investment properties that are? Yeah. Owned? So roughly a quarter are rooms. So rooms in somebody's house. So you're not changing anything with this rule. Yeah. Right. And then you'll, you're going to have a large percentage that are also secondary units on people's properties. Yeah. And I don't know what that number is. It's harder to get that like data. Like a basement. Apartment. Yeah, like renting out the basement, for example, which yeah, we or did you for... have a garage and you got a thing above your garage. Exactly. Or, yeah. So lots of people do that as well. And let's say that's another 25%. I don't know. Could be that. It could be, uh, could be more. But, you know, There's you're down to like 500 or so. Yeah. Right? And is that really out of the the entirety of I feel the like one, stock in uh, Hamilton? One um, hotel would have 500 rooms. <laughs> yeah. That's like essentially one hotel, two, maybe three, four hotels. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We don't have uh, any big ones in Hamilton yeah. like that, but oh, downtown um, there's some decent sized hotels. Yeah, and but the the crazy thing is, like people have done estimates or have done studies, and yeah. even like the county of Norfolk did one. Um, estimating like how much tax revenue comes in is something like 73 bucks a person, like per person that stays in a short-term rental, um, comes in, in like ancillary spending. So when they come to Hamilton and to stay in, in a Norfolk, short-term rental. That, that's just in Norfolk. Yeah. There were some estimates for Hamilton as well. And yeah. it was around the same amount, yeah. um, that people are bringing this money into the economy. Yeah. So. You know, you can make the argument like, oh, we shouldn't, you know, everything should be devoted strictly to to housing, right? That's a little short-sighted because then we got to close down all the hotels, yeah. turn them into condos or make that land into whatever, an apartment building or something, yeah. right? Like, no, we realize that we're sacrificing some of our land 
um, to build a hotel because that generates tourism dollars. Yeah. And we need tourism dollars. Like Hamilton, believe it or not, <laughs> gets money from, has a tourism board and gets money from tourism because people come into Hamilton to do stuff. Yeah. And that generates money for our local economy. So even dollars if the hotel, that we need. yeah, even if the hotel's not filled all the time, it's worth having that zone yeah. as a hotel so that you can have that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a distinction that cities have made for a long time, right? They could not allow hotels, but like you need them, right? Go to New York. There's a million hotels because that's a huge part of their economy is tourism, right? Go to Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) are there any houses in Las Vegas? I don't know. (laughs) Um, but anyways, the point is like, this is a valid part of the valid segment of the market. And a lot of people, will only come to places that have Airbnbs. Yeah. So, like, for example, I'm one of those. I'll never yeah. go somewhere and stay in, almost never, Yeah. go somewhere and stay in a hotel. Right? The odd time I have just with my wife for, like, a quick getaway, and it, maybe it's a hotel with a spa in it or something where yeah. we can, like, you know, just kind of chill, go to the spa, go to the restaurant, go back to our room. Yeah. Um, but in general, if I'm traveling with the family, I'm not... Looking, for, I'm looking at places that have Airbnbs. Yeah. And if there's no Airbnb close there, I'm not going there. Yeah. And that applies to Hamilton as well. There yeah. are tons of people who come to Hamilton because there are Airbnbs available. And typically, it's not you're not we're not taking business away from hotel rooms, right? Yeah. There are like there are some where it might be uh, like we have some places we manage that have it's just one room, so it would be either a single person or a couple. And that yeah. is competing with hotels. But when you got a family, if I'm bringing like four kids, myself and my wife, and then maybe like an in-law or two. And try and jam them into hotel rooms. Yeah, we, and we've done that in the past. And yeah. it's like, it's terrible. I hate it. You got like half the kids in one room, half in the other. You don't know and, what they're doing. Well, I don't, I don't care if they're both. with my in-laws. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> go eat sugar. I don't care. It gives you um, a license to eat sugar when you're... <laughs> but as opposed to I can go rent a house and we have a living room and a dining room and a yeah. backyard. I can cook there if I want to. Yeah, have a barbecue. Have and... a barbe- yeah, and we can just like chill at the house. Ha- the house is an actual destination now. Yeah. As opposed, like a hotel is never a destination. You, know, you don't have to spend extra money on other things. And yeah, um, I'd imagine too you'd get uh, more people who are locals because we talked about this when we were talking about tenant screening and how it's a bit of a red flag when you have someone local yeah. and they're booking last minute and it's a one night stay. But if if you have someone local who's looking for a getaway just for like you know a weekend next uh, August or whatever, yeah. Right. And they don't, they can't go far cause they have other obligations, but they just want an experience like Airbnb, I think offers a good experience compared to a hotel, right? Like you're going to get Absolutely. those dollars as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so we like, we won't typically stay in Hamilton as a getaway. Um, but like Southern Ontario, right. We've done that a few times, yeah. right. You find a, a place that's not too far yeah. so I can drive for an, like an hour with the kids. They're not driving me crazy in the car. And then we can still have a little. It's like it's somewhere else. Yeah. So it's yeah. still a getaway, it's right? A fun so people experience. can, yeah, and people can come to Hamilton and do the same thing, right? Especially if there's events happening or whatever. So, um, point is, there's tourism dollars to be gained, to be had, and they're very real. And short-term rentals have opened up a new category for tourism. People yeah. who would not have come to Hamilton if there was the only option was staying in a hotel. Okay. So. So they're shooting themselves in the foot. 
Yeah, and my my point uh, was and is that like charge a tax, charge a tourism tax, right? A lot of municipalities do that. It'll be like a three or a four percent tax. Yeah. Um, like a municipal accommodation tax or whatever. And then you make more on money top of off your Airbnb it. fees. Airbnb collects it, remits it to the city, and yeah, you're just you're increasing your so, income. So and are... then if you want to do something about housing, take those dollars and put that towards housing. Right. Right. So these are some of the comments that you made at the city council meeting when you were lobbying. Yeah. Were you wearing a leather jacket or? <laughs> no, I think I wore a suit jacket. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The beard. Trim, trim the beard. Yeah. Yeah. I combed it. I combed it. Did you get any feedback or it's just, here's the information you guys. Yeah. It's no, they're care. just like, yeah. okay, thank you very much. Next. Right. Yeah. And like we wrote letters and stuff as well. Yeah. with all the same information yeah. and a number of people did right hitting from all different angles yeah. right <clears throat> um and then also some practical you know if you want to get rid of party homes then just ban one night stays yeah like no skin off my nose right yeah. we don't do them anyways and for the people that do they probably shouldn't yeah so make it a two night or even a three night minimum you should stay. just make it mandatory to call mark <laughs> I, I suggested that too and they you know they didn't they didn't take that one <laughs> um uh, no but there's a number of things that that they could have done so um so i think that covers the uh the reason why <laughs> we we need regulate or why the city thinks they need regulations yeah more or less okay so that's so that's me, the framework that's for venting. what like the context <laughs> for what the regulations are um so you're happy with that explanation yeah, more, yeah. I mean, you could talk for another hour about it. But. I could. Okay, so we're going to try and jump into what the ac actual regulations are. Yes. So yeah. what so, are <laughs> Okay, so for Hamilton. They're similar to Toronto, but. Well, so they had on the table was a, a Toronto-style regulation. So um, 180 nights. Actually, I think it was even less what they had proposed. But like a, a, a maximum number of nights that you could actually rent the place out yeah. for. And then after that, you could not rent it out anyway. So w effectively, that kills your short-term rental. Because right. you can't, like, how could you rent it out for a quarter of the year or half of the year? And then, and then what do you do with the rest? Yeah. Right? You've got a furnished place. Like, you can't, and there actually are strategies to around that, but in, to, to their mind. That would just discourage a lot of people from doing any short-term rental in the first place. Yeah. Um, so that was on the table. Principal residence only. Um, and then limited to... And that's including the principal residence property as well. Yeah, I think initially right. it was just your principal residence. So just like the, the idea behind a lot of these regulations initially, and for Toronto as well, um, as far as I can understand, was... That if you own a house in Toronto and you want to go on vacation for three months, well, then you can rent your house out to somebody. Right. And then you come back and they leave. And like that's allowable. But that's the only way it's allowable, right? Right. So the rules have changed a little bit um, from that. But that, that was sort of the spirit behind the law. It wasn't to allow people to rent out part or all of their home as a short-term rental indefinitely. Right. Right. And as I've said, there's, there's plenty of benefits to that, especially tourism and tourism dollars. Um, but that's not what, what was intended. So they, they have been changed. So that, that sort of spirit was what they had with the Hamilton regulations as well. So what happened during that 
uh, that meeting in January was they, they did make a number of uh, changes and went back and forth, but they got rid of the nightly cap, the nightly maximum altogether. This is Hamilton did this? This yeah. is Hamilton okay. now, yeah. Um, so no nightly maximum, which, okay, that's pretty cool. And then they also allowed it to be not just um, the unit you live in, but any unit on your property. Okay. So that could be a detached unit, could be your basement, uh, whatever it is. And yeah. then it, it also is applicable to um, to renters. So it's a principal occupant, not right. the owner, but anybody who lives there. So if I rent out one of your properties yeah. that has an, a, like a, 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 a basement. A rental. Yeah, that has a basement suite. Um, I could rent out the basement if I'm just the renter. I could rent that out on Airbnb or another platform. Uh, and that would all be fine. Right. So now I should have your permission to do that. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, the, you know, there, so there are, there are actually opportunities created for renters and for, uh, people who own their own home. Right? right. And what it may do is have the effect of weeding out a lot of their competition because we've seen a lot of people just like, shut down their Airbnbs. And this is anecdotal, but I've seen a ton of people like, oh, I'm closing it down. Who wants to buy my furniture? Yeah. And I was like, guys, wait. And this is what we advise their clients as well is like, this is coming down. Um, let's wait and see what happens. Right. Right. But a lot of people just kind of knee jerk reacted, got rid of their rentals. Yeah, I think as if you're an investor and this is like, you put all this money into a property and you have to make your mortgage payments and you have to pay the bills and that's what the future of your investment relies upon. And then all of a sudden these regulations, you hear rumblings, this is, this is going to happen. This is going to, you know, make it a lot more difficult for you. Well, now you're taking a proactive approach and you're saying, I got to sell all my furniture. I got to transition to something else, long-term yeah. rental, maybe even sell the property. Have you seen people selling their properties too? Yeah. That's a proactive approach for uh, investors because, you know, they're, they need to make money. So, um, you know, that's what I would look at too. What's a prudent step to do if I'm seeing these regulations come in? You're saying just wait and uh, write it out or what would be your recommendation? Well, so I, I did make a recommendation. We wrote a letter to all our, our clients in Hamilton and said like, you know, can they actually implement this in the time frame that we're talking about, right? So January was, late January was when the meeting was held and the bylaw was passed and then it was ratified, I think a week or two weeks later. Um, so they wanted to implement a J June 1st starting date. And I'm going like, this is government. That's less than six months for you to like, you sort of have the framework of a program, like staff had done, done that, but you still got to hire or like advertise. Well, you get first of all, you got to flesh out your program yeah. now. So you need people to, to actually do that. And you're like, it's government, like it's city staff, right? Yeah. So they've got like 83 weeks of vacation per year. If they don't call you, then they don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> um, no, but it, like just the sort of glacial pace at, with which bureaucracy yeah. works. They got to develop the whole plan. Then they got to start advertising and actually hire people yeah. to police the program and to like to oversee it. And then they've got to train those people yeah. in like... 50-50 whether or not those people are actually any good. Yeah. Or maybe 80-20. But, um, 
very right. You've got so, but less than five months to to implement all this. Like in my head, I'm thinking there's there's no chance yeah. they're going to meet that deadline. Yeah, like no way. Yeah. And and so this is what we we kind of told people. Um, and yeah, sure enough, you know, people were trying to apply for licenses and they were getting pushed off and pushed off. And uh, by the staff, just because like, there's yeah, no well, resources to process yeah. the licenses, or exactly yeah. because you want to be proactive. Okay, I'm going to get this. Oh yeah, that was sorry. That was another thing I forgot to mention. But licensing, so you have right. to you got a license, and I think it was like approximately nine hundred dollars for the first year, um, and then probably three hundred bucks a year to maintain after that. And most of that is a fire inspection, which like that's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. Let's make sure units are safe. Yeah. Um, people have different opinions on that because they're also rolling that out for long-term rentals in right. select wards and soon to be citywide, I think, yeah. um, licensing for any kind of rental. Yeah. So if you got a rental in Hamilton, put, keep that on your radar. Yeah. Now, whether rent's, or not... Rent's going up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you got fire inspections and then if you don't pass, well, you got to make all the... Um, all the changes, right? And whether it's a legal unit or not, I, I don't think that'll be a focus, but that it'll more be, um, does it pass code for fire? Yeah. And like that's most of what makes a legal unit anyways. Yeah. But like all the other stuff, they'll probably just grandfather, uh, like parking and, and whatever other regulations. But, you know, the fire safety will be the big one. But there'll be costs associated with that. And then I'm thinking like how many people are just going to shut down their rental because... It's going to cost too much to yeah, to get it up to code, right? Or yeah. sell the property, and like either way, you're booting people out of unforeseen consequences, right? You're going so, to lessen housing stock, but that's you're lessening sorry, that's that, one you're lessening those. the rental housing stock. Yeah, yeah, technically, yeah, yeah. Which, and, which uh, if you make there a fee for every other um, landlord to license. They're going to pass it on to the tenants somehow because they got to yeah. pay for it. And now there's increased rent from all the people who choose to license <laughs> their places. And there's less places because all the people who thought it would be too expensive to make their place uh, meet the licensing requirements or didn't want to go through the process. They're yeah, going to pay more. People are always complaining about like the wealthy landlords and stuff. But this is just another way to tip it in favor of those who have more resources as opposed to the mom and pop who like maybe this is just one more thing they can't afford they can't do they're going to sell and sell to an investor who's got a whole bunch of properties right which i'm fine with but a lot of people are like oh that's terrible i don't know if you saw um cmhc wants to really crack down on uh insured mortgages so their guideline is for any any person one uh sorry one principal residence one vacation or secondary residence and then no more than five rental homes that's what they are targeting yeah um and then for insured mortgages so if you're an investor who's approaching that like good luck getting an an insured mortgage right through any of the major banks if you want to buy that sixth rental property and provide somewhere for people to live because Private landlords account for at least 90% of all rental stock in Canada. But yeah, let's stop all over. Anyways, that's that's my little rant. Right? So they expect that credit unions and um, private lenders will take up the slack in, you know, that sixth and six to 20, pro- like whatever, however many properties. So, okay, what's that going to do to rental prices? Yeah. 
It's going to increase them because, you know, we've been insured with B lenders or mortgage with B lenders forever. Yeah. Um, and like it's, it's, you know, another two, three percentage points. Yeah. And a lot of dollars per month. So if everybody's going to be in that boat, like, guess what? Rent's going up. Yeah. So, and, uh, you know, CMHC. Thanks, government. CMHC is, uh, what, how big is that? That's not just Hamilton. No, that's, yeah, that's Canada wide. So, Canada wide. If we're competing again, yeah. So, a little bit off track. I I go on these rants, but, and we were worried that this would be a short episode. (laughs) 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 But, yeah, let's get back to the regulations. regulations I don't even know so far what regulations you even said. So, have you specifically (laughs) given me any of the regulations? I thought I did, but. Um, yeah, there's, so there's no so the regulation is you need to get a license yeah. if you want to have a short term rental. It has to be in your principal uh, property. We'll call it principal property. Yeah. So whether the owner or the renter, or uh, you live. have to occupy full time a unit, the principal unit in that uh, property. But yeah. then you could rent out another unit. Yeah. If you live in the basement, you rent the main floor out, or you live in the main floor and you, you want to rent your basement. Yeah. Can you have multiple units? Like if you have a garage and you got a basement and you got your yeah, you know, that's I don't, a gray area. I don't think so. That that's a gray area, which I don't know if they um, if they. I think you could interpret it to allow that, right? But uh, they could interpret it. They could interpret it differently. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But the idea is basically you got to be getting mail. Like you have to prove that it's your principal residence, so you should be getting mail there. Um, yeah. Ideally. So. Um, and then, yeah, you need you need the license, and so it's a are, certain length of stay. Yeah, so it's twenty eight days or under. Is the uh, I'm pretty sure in Hamilton it's twenty eight days. Normally or, they do that because fe- no, well twenty eight days or under is um, short term. Is short term. Okay. So this bylaw applies to stays of twenty eight days or under. Yeah. So, so if that, you do that's interesting. Twenty nine or thirty days. Exactly. You can run. A purpose-built rental property yeah. just for Airbnb, and that's totally fine. It doesn't have to be your principal residence. Correct. Yeah, yeah because at that point, it's deemed a regular uh, long-term rental. Right. Right, and there's there's already uh, regulations in place to uh, to deal with that, like provincially regulated, so the city would have to really do some, jump through some hoops to, to change that, to yeah. say, okay, anything under six months, we're going to regulate, right? Right. Because uh, I think you would have challenges, uh, some good legal challenges for that at that point. Um, okay, so if you are a landlord, like you, you want to rent out part of your house, you can basically rest assured that you're still allowed to do that on Airbnb, like moving forward, provided you get a license. Uh, no, only if it's your principal residence. That's what I mean. Like if it's your yeah. house and you want to rent out yeah. part of it. Yeah. yeah, because and that's the like the the nice side of regulation is that there's certainty. Yeah. And so when we're looking at areas to invest or talking to clients where you know where they they're looking to invest in areas it's like it's better actually probably to have some regulation than not. Yeah. Because if there's know. not then it's really unknown as to what regulation is going to what's going to come in. Yeah. It could be way worse than you you thought, but if you've already bought a property at that point yeah, so for um, folks in Hamilton who already own something and have to make a change, it's a bit of a disturbance and it's inconvenient. But for people looking to get into this space and try to do some uh, short-term rentals, whatever market you're looking at, that's yeah. one factor to consider. 
Yeah, so especially if you're like a first-time home buyer, this is like this is great. Yeah. Right. We'll see whether or not the the regulations have any teeth. Um, yeah. But the idea is it'll push out sort of investors and then yeah. orient it more towards uh, owner occupiers. Yeah. So if you're like a young couple buying a house, then you know there there should be less competition actually for. Yeah. Um, for people looking to rent an Airbnb. So if you got a basement or a garage or something you want to rent out, like that's awesome, right? Because yeah. now you do it all like above board, you get your license, get your inspections done, you're fully legal, you're in compliance, and you can go to town, rent yeah. it out as much as you want and help pay. Because we talked about that with young folks on the market, right? Like yeah. this is one strategy, house hacking. Yeah. Um, but now you down, could have yeah. like a really nice secondary unit on your property that rents out like that pays your mortgage yeah kind of thing right so that is an option so i, I do have to say though um june came and went i think it was june 4th was the deadline came and went and uh, just before that they announced oh we're pushing it back to december <laughs> so december december of this year nice yeah so the <clears throat> the reason um stated anyway like yeah, I try this to is say the reason that, it was stated. I try to say that to the utility company when they went to go collect my hydro bill. So, you know, <laughs> I was going to pay it. Back. Yeah. I was going to push it back to December. <laughs> no, so there, there, a memo went out, and the um, the reason was that they that staff had been encouraged or directed really to focus their efforts on renovations, oh. which is a whole other topic, right? Um, in Hamilton specifically. And uh, maybe they realize, like, you know, this is a bigger problem than short-term rentals right. in here. And, like, there's, <laughs> they already got all the press saying, like, yep, we got this bylaw and it's, yeah. it's going to happen. If I think about the press side of it, like, it's more juicy to focus on renovations, I think. <laughs> well, they've already got the benefit of saying they did something. They passed this bylaw. Yeah. And so now everybody, that, yeah. except for Airbnb, because it's such a small segment yeah. of the population. Um, Airbnb. Everybody's going to forget about it. And as far as most people know, it's in place. Because I've seen this numerous times online where people are like, you can't have Airbnbs in Hamilton anymore. There's a law. Yeah. Because they read an article somewhere that said this They're is what's happening. The bylaw. Yeah. Yeah. And or the bylaw was passed. Um, but you know, they didn't say, Oh, effective this date and then it got pushed back, right? So yeah. but but anyways, that's um it got pushed back in favor of uh policing run evictions and it's my opinion, it'll probably get pushed back again. And if it does, it'll probably get forgotten. Like it'll probably just be discarded because there's only so much bandwidth, political attention that people have. Yeah, like if and there isn't a big issue with Airbnbs between now and December, the likelihood of them keeping it on the table. Yeah. And um, so, of your clients, you sent out this memo to like how many did did some people take your advice and just keep operating the Airbnbs? Or all of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they're yeah. all thankful and. Happy yeah. 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 Because we got summer now in yeah. Hamilton, which is like the busy, the peak time, right? Yeah. So all these people who, and like a few of them, I kind of maybe online or whatever, like just relax guys, like just wait yeah. and see what happens. And I don't happy. know if any of them took that advice, but our <laughs> clients anyways are happy because yeah, like it's status quo and they're making more money than, uh, than they ever have on, yeah. on their rentals. So, yeah. um, and again, it's the same advice for December, like let's wait and see. Yeah. Because even like from Jan, like, yeah, January to December to implement this whole program, doubtful that they they would. Um, 
And now that it's been pushed back, they're focusing on other stuff. Are they even paying attention to this? Is somebody working yeah. on it? I don't know. Maybe, Maybe we should are. do an episode on renovations at some point. That's an interesting topic. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because we talked about earlier about um, how, you know, if, if a landlord's getting paid uh, rent, but the rent doesn't cover what he needs to cover to carry the property, he's less inclined to maintain it. Yeah. Right. So over the course of time, you end up with like an affordable housing unit, right? Because the rent's lousy. low, yeah. but it's lousy and declining. And over like 20 years, this thing could be like absolute garbage. But the incentive is the landlord, like, I'm not going to fix, like, I can't, I don't, whatever, right? And you get in this little circle, a spiral yeah. of, you know, hey, I, I don't have the money coming in. I can't afford to fix it up. Uh, like, just like, I, yeah. And then it just goes around and around and around, right? And so interesting you mentioned that. Like the prime example of that is government housing. <laughs> Honestly, government housing is like the worst. It's affordable. That's yeah. all you can say about it. It's the worst housing out there. Look at Toronto. Yeah. Absolute disaster. Yeah. Properties that are like the roofs are caving in. Like yeah. just so and they poorly can made. The money. Yeah, they should of uh, anybody who could do it. So for people who are like government is the solution, like no, it's not. Yeah. Right. And, and are upset with private investors making money on housing. Like, no, they're providing us necessary service. Yeah. And like your units are like so much better than. I can't even afford to live in my. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But as far as like safe, good housing. That, yeah. That's, that's yeah. It. That's the standard you want to have. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you want to create an incentive so that people want to provide nice housing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so. Otherwise, Anyways, there's, so, a, there's, there's a rant. Is there anything else we could talk about with regulations? You have a couple of different cities named here with different. Uh, okay, yeah, because th this is. Um, I'm you, learning lots, by the way, Mark. Oh, it's, uh, I'm happy. It's yeah, I'm not in the I'm Airbnb happy. space. So, yeah, I, there, there's a couple things. I think that, if I was a young person, it would sound good. Like, this sounds, you know, yeah. hey, I could buy a property wherever in Hamilton at like. Hamilton specifically, right, with yeah. these regulations and the competition. Hypothetically, if this comes into effect, it could be yeah. lower and could be bode well. Uh, even if it doesn't, like it's still an excellent strategy, I think, yeah. for young folks. Because if you can, like any business, if you can run it well enough, yeah. you're still gonna you're still gonna do well because you're doing better than a lot of people out there, right? Yeah. As long as Airbnb's been around, there's still a ton of lousy units out, like a lot. Yeah. Like almost probably the majority are not professionally run. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to be a professional, but just that professional mindset. Yeah. Um, that like you just need to have a good clean place and you're going to beat most of the other people in the market. And it's, it's, I think it's a great strategy for young folks in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, and because you, like you also learn uh, like some business stuff, some resilience, yeah. hospitality, um, industry, hospitality, all kinds of out. stuff that, yeah. uh, Anyways, that's whatever. Another episode. But yeah, let's let's just go quickly through some of the um, regulations in surrounding areas because that's always the next question, right? Like if I get to Hamilton, where can I go? Yeah. And the answer really is like nowhere, not really anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right? So most places like Brantford, principal residence only, you need a license. St. Catharines, principal residence only, you need a license. And they're very... They have a snitch line for your neighbors to call. Yeah, I they saw that. They put flyers I got, out. 
I got a property or a bunch of properties in St. Catharines, and then you get all these mail things. Yeah. I just send them to you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, Toronto, we talked about that. Um, Niagara Falls uh, is interesting. It's principal residents only, plus specific areas, um, mostly like downtown. They have a, a zoning where it's allowed, which is pretty cool because we got a condo there that's being built, and that's in that area. And uh, like they understand, they get it, right? Because yeah. they really it's tourism. It's tourist city. Yeah. That's yeah. that's all Niagara Falls is. I mean, they're trying to diversify, and we got rail lines in there now, which is pretty cool for commuting. But um, that's traditionally that's w- what it's been. So they understand that, right? So they want to balance. And like this is, I think it's a good example of a a decent balance, like allowed in certain areas, yeah. right? And take those tourist dollars. But anyways, yeah. that's Niagara Falls. Um, and there's a couple areas that don't have regulation yet. And like, who knows? So Burlington, they are working on it. I was a little surprised. To, I thought they would have been all over that. But no, they've been fighting over it for years. Hmm. So um, it, like it's coming. They're talking about it. There will be regulations. So get ready for that. Um, and then a couple. So we have one, one property in Caledonia. And uh, that's wide open right now. And I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that it will be for a little while uh, because they have more of a tourist mindset as well, right? Yeah. And there's, even if you look uh, like online, they have a little brochure and um, they, they almost encourage it. Like yeah. here's, you know, here's a guide for opening up a short-term rental, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So that's Caledonia. Um, and then like Thorold is another example. Okay. It's wide open right now. Uh, eventually, maybe they'll tone it down you know they'll, yeah. they'll introduce something so you know go into it with your eyes open if you're uh, if you're doing that but there are still you know small spots here and there that where it's allowed in this area yeah. so there's opportunities yeah i find it really interesting how every municipality has their own approach because um, obviously the province has their own mandate coming down and then they all have to deal with an influx of population and they have to deal with their limitations but they all have their own approach in terms of regulating this stuff like one city you say is more uh they realize the value of tourism another city is like you know um like for example burlington i can't i don't know what the tourism is like there but like compared to niagara falls obviously um, yeah you know so then what yeah how you make your regulations kind of goes uh flows out of that right what what kind of people you're getting in like you mentioned the the story off the top of the show when we talked about the parties like that was that was out in burlington yeah yeah so um yeah, interesting how everybody is trying to make laws to make it more difficult for everybody else. <laughs> well, and like I understand part of it, yeah. right? We, we should be responsible operators and hosts. Yeah. And if you're not, then like you, you're just asking for it. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's not warranted, but it's still your fault because if you're if you have a party house. Yeah, but in a place like, like Caledonia, like it's a little bit less density. Um, yeah. I think you have the places along the river and it's, it's a little bit more, uh, laid back, I guess. So yep. you're not dealing with as many neighbors complaining probably. I don't know. Although, I mean, have you been to Caledonia lately? Yeah. It's blown like, up. Yeah. <laughs> tons and tons of yeah. new builds. Yeah. So, um, yeah, who knows what'll happen there. So that, that does bring me though to like, what do you do? Right. If, yeah. If everything is getting regulated, what, what is your thing? So this is part of our strategy with, uh, with our clients as well, is um, to look at midterm rentals, 
Right. So for most of our properties, we sort of have a hybrid uh, model in place already where, um, especially in the slower times, we'll really, uh, I mean, sometimes it depends where we list, but we'll either focus or just allow uh, longer stays. Right. And so for, I think for all of our properties, we actually allow stays of 28 days or longer. Um, and then you kind of control that with your pricing. Right. Right. So in the summer, I offer no discounts or a very small discount for a month rental. So that it's impractical for someone to book one of these places in the summer for a whole month. Yeah. Now, if they do, that's great. I'm happy. Yeah. Right. Because now I got 100% occupancy as opposed to maybe 80%, and um, they're paying full price yeah. or, you know, a very small discount. So I'm still doing better than if I was renting it out like every three nights. Um, so, but but that's kind of the strategy is to to offer that and then to have to be used to it and then if we need to pivot, then we'll pivot to only you're already kind of set rentals. up. Yeah, and there's not a ton of difference, but it's just sort of building up the experience and also building up reviews for longer stays, which uh, which helps as well. Because okay, so that's for somebody who's in the market already operating an Airbnb and they have yeah. to deal with these regulations coming in. They're gonna have to pivot. So you say, like, keep operating the Airbnb until the, the thing becomes effective. Um, you think we can ride this out for a while, but then, uh, like, be prepared to pivot to something like a midterm rental with a longer stay yeah. and try and implement that strategy now so you get used to it. But if somebody's getting into this and they don't have a property yet or they're putting a unit in their basement or something like that, like, yeah. obviously, that's fine. But if they're just going to buy a rental property, they should uh, they should definitely seriously consider before they get into it. Yeah, like any any time we're t onboarding a new client, we always talk about um, like your, your plan B. I think we've mentioned this yeah. before, right? It's good to say again. No, we're good. Um, yeah, just have a plan B or a plan C. So if we're looking at opening a short-term rental, well, we're going to have a plan B, and that's usually a mid-term rental. Will it work for that? So especially urban properties, right? Yeah. Um, and we like we talked a lot about that with the with the screening, but um, with an urban property, it's different than a vacation rental, right? Vacation rental is pretty well. There's only Plan A, which is vacation rental, yeah. And that's what you're going to do, yeah. Um, and shorter stays, maybe a week, maybe three nights, whatever. But when we're looking at an urban rental, then I want it to be flexible, so that if we need to switch to a midterm rental, we can. Um, and generally if it's okay for a short term rental, it's okay for a midterm rental. Yeah, yeah. depending on but your you neighborhood. Can always go long term, eh? Well, and that's the plan C. <laughs> and we I want to make sure that it's um also suitable as yeah. a long term rental. Yeah. So if you're buying somewhere in sort of a dodgier part of town, some people do and they're like, ah, it's okay, it's a short term rental, whatever. People are only gonna be there for a couple of nights not the best strategy because if you need to change well that's even like it's not great for a short-term rental but yeah less desirable for a midterm and less desirable less desirable tenants for a long-term rental so if so regulations we, kick into effect and you all of a sudden get closed down with your short-term rental you're left with a house in the middle of nowhere that or middle of a very poor area yeah that you're not going to get a good long-term tenant exactly um yeah so you definitely want to prepare for that prior to going in yeah and then even just in uh, thinking in terms of selling the property, like we don't ever recommend selling your property, but if you had to, um, is it the kind of place that you'll be able to sell quickly? Yeah, and 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 be able to, 
you know, make some, uh, hopefully you do this initially, but you know, like do some landscaping, do some, some changes, add some value so that you get even more equity out of it when you sell. Right. Or is it something you can like over time, over the yeah. year, like do one, one thing a year. And then in five or 10 years, you got a really nice property that if you had to sell, like you're good. Yeah. The only problem you're facing is taxes. Do I talk about taxes? <laughs> <laughs> I never want to talk about taxes. Um, but yeah. the new regulations don't really, the tax is not really changing anything. It's still, we should bring an accountant on to talk about taxes. Yeah, we should. I, like I will say one, one thing, if, you, if you're doing a short-term rental, or even if it's part of your home, uh, definitely talk to an accountant. But if it's, especially if it's a dedicated home, um, now you're probably, like you're changing the, how CRA looks at that property from like a re regular residential rental to a, a commercial, like to a business, which means that potentially HST is due upon the sale of that property. So before you get into a short-term rental, talk to your accountant yeah. and uh, make sure that you understand all these implications, right? And yeah. um, that you're okay with that, right? If you can make a case for like, it's going to make me X amount of dollars per year. So if I ever do sell it, okay, or there's HST, um, that's fine. We account for that. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, that's one thing to think about. And then, yeah, HST in general, you should be collecting HST on... Uh, stays of 28 days or less. Yeah, because that's a big difference between short-term and long-term, right? Like if you're getting into, yeah, if you're getting into long-term rental, we don't have this um, tax. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, there's it's a residential like, use; it's not a commercial yeah. use. Yeah, yeah. There's reg there's regulations in place for that already, and I should I should just add that applies to midterm as well, right? Once we go midterm, then you're fine we should not be subject to HST or yeah. any of those uses, right? Again, you may want to just talk to an accountant on the yeah. the, the, the resale value of the home. <laughs> All right, there. so do you think we just end on a bang with this HST here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, more, that's more of a whimper, I think, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? <laughs> uh, my eyes started glazing over as soon as you said HST, or I'm just like, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever until you got to pay HST. Yeah, I know. Well, that's uh, the hard part, right? And it's a you problem. forget about it. So talk to a professional. Exactly. But yeah, I think that kind of sums up uh, the, the regulations in Hamilton anyways. And yeah. and what I foresee is going to uh, gonna happen and some ways to, um, to deal yeah, with that. No, I think it's very helpful and very insightful. And we appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, if anybody has any specific questions, definitely feel free to reach out. Uh, hello at twostewards.ca. Um, you can also contact Mark and check him out directly at Joy Hill uh, Property Management. Yep. And we'll put some links to his stuff in uh, the show notes. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Two Stewards Show. If you like my voice better, click subscribe. And if you like my voice better, click share. If you like both, give us a five-star rating. To interact with the show, feel free to reach out at hello at twostewards.ca. We'll see you in the next episode. In the meantime, steward your wealth wisely. Thank you.